And if I actually measure myself on a body composition analysis scale, like a whole body scan or an in-body, my body fat percentage is somewhere between 11 and 13%. But if I'm looking at body mass index, I'm morbidly obese. And that puts me in the category of being depressed. Well, you, you said something really interesting, you know, dysregulation of the immune system. So if we have a dysregulation, we have to think about how do we bring back regulation, right? How to take something that's abnormal or non-functional or maybe dysfunctional and make it again functional. We've got Congress that's acting like a bunch of drunken sailors, spending money like there's no tomorrow, right? The end of 2022, you had the lame duck Congress that passed a $1.7 trillion spending bill, but they don't have it. No, but no country around the globe has money right now. question we get asked all the time is why is body mass inaccurate and why could it potentially be misleading what is body mass index anyway well it's a weird measurement i tell you that much honestly it's really kind of a, a a height overweight comparison you know and it doesn't really take into consideration muscle tissue it doesn't take into consideration really age for that matter, there's other things that it can happen. You can actually have a, a high body mass index classified as either overweight or obese and be very lean in body fat percentage, which is kind of crazy. Well, I mean, I understand, and, and you should understand too, because look at this tiny thing. I mean, you you are actually overweight. You no, yourself, not just overweight. Are you obese? According to body wow. mass index, I am morbidly obese. And if I actually measure myself on a body composition analysis scale, like a whole body scan or an in-body, my body fat percentage is somewhere between 11 and 13%. Yeah. But if I'm looking at body mass index, I'm morbidly obese. And that puts me in the category of being depressed. Well, it can, and, and I had a story about that in a second. This is crazy. It happened in our clinic, uh, and I've told you about it before, but you all have never heard this one. But the um, the thing about BMI or body mass index is it's kind of good if you're talking about like a population. You know, if you're looking at a numerous group of population, you have a whole bunch of people with their height and weight. You can do that to kind of get an idea. It's a rough analysis. Yeah, it's, an al- it's a rough estimate of maybe people's uh, normality or even overweightness, whatever. But the story I'm talking about is this was several years ago, and um, we we didn't have obviously uh, uh, the we still had a scale. We did our in a part of our process was to weigh somebody. I was out towards the front one day, and a lady passes me that was coming back for an appointment, and she said, "Oh, hi, Mark. How are you? And I, hi, how are you?" And she was, "I'm fine." She seemed like a pretty jovial mood, and I started walking down the hallway. And the same voice that just seemed like she was in a jovial mood says to these words, gosh, I am so depressed now. And I thought, what happened? It's called obsession with the scale. Yeah, I looked around and she was standing on the scale and one of our medical assistants was standing next to her. And I thought to myself, what just happened? Because she looked great. I mean, she'd always been on plan. So I went back there and 
I saw her on the scale and I said, hang on a second before we put her in the room. Yeah. And I, I took her and put her on the, the, the body impedance analysis, which is going to measure body fat percentage, right? So I put her on the body fat percentage analysis and it turns out she had been increased two pounds in, in muscle mass and decreased one pound in body fat. Well, that made for a decrease in body fat percentage but an increase in weight and an increase in BMI or body mass index. So she'd actually improved, gained weight, and sort of got worse in her BMI. And that was the day. That was the day I decided to take that expensive scale and go across the parking lot to the dumpster. Well, you know. it probably sits today somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In some landfill. I don't know. Weight weight is an important measure, but what's more important is we have to understand what this whole skin bag, this temple, this yeah. thing that we live in is made up of. We need to know about how much lean mass we carry. That's metabolic fuel. We need to know how much fat there is, and not just fat, but how much is in the organs. That's going to be a big yeah. problem if visceral fat goes up, because we know that fat, once it passes a certain threshold, that's inflammatory. It is, and actually on our a machine that we have, our body, our bioimpedance machine, we have a little measure that, that measures the uh, visceral fat or visceral adipose tissue. And that's very important to understand because it's really the fat that's from your rib cage down to, you know, your hip bones or whatever. And it actually is near your, your organs, which is like crazy to think about. When we have that fat that accumulates down in the belly area, we tend to think that's our stomach. But our stomach is not that. It's way above that. It's the size of what? A fist? That's it. Yeah, right there. That's fist. That is all your stomach is. Right? That's it. This down here is is visceral fat. It's dangerous because to have even a normal BMI, right, and have a lot of visceral fat, we still have a lot of risk factor for toxicity and inflammation. Yeah, that's so it, it's just it the BMI doesn't equate to health is what I'm getting at. Yeah, in that condition, it's called sarcopenic obesity. Somebody can look good on the outside, but if you actually put them on a body composition analysis machine of some form, they may absolutely be in trouble, meaning they have fat in their organs. They've got more yellow fat around their frame than they need to be carrying. Hmm. That puts them in danger for all chronic sickness and disease because we know fat is inflammatory. For every pound you're overweight, it's times 10 on the joints in the vascular system. So if it's 10 pounds, that's times 100. And walking through space, step after step, day after day, 100 extra pounds is going to add up. It is saddening to me and disheartening, two things, that America is still depending on the scale to determine health. That's number one. The sad thing is also in the article that you know, you're referring to that we let off this segment in is that that article is finally saying groundbreaking news. Groundbreaking. BMI, BMI may not be a good calculator towards other disease processes. And I mean, what's taking so long? Why are we so slow in waking up to reality? And, you know, with people's um, obsession with weight, we've got to look at America. It is. We've got a bunch of scales but we've got a lot of overweight people, which is sad. So we need to sort of shift our perception, shift the paradigm, and begin to sort of maybe get rid of the scales altogether and just begin to measure body, body composition. And that would be something that every you know doctor's office or clinic or even healthcare environment, if there is such a thing anymore, should be uh, really in tune to at this point. So we should really be shifting from body mass index to body composition 
as the standard, or it should be a vital sign in every practitioner's office so that we get the right measures about what the system is made up of. So if you're wondering about body fat percentages, uh, men, we need you to be between about 10 and about 18%. Women, somewhere between about 18 and about 26%. And you can only determine that by getting your body fat percentage measured, but you're not going to find that with BMI. So rely less on the scale weight and rely more on percent body fat. If you're in the Tulsa area, of course, you can come see us. We've got a, a great machine. You can check it out, and uh, we'd love to see you there. Just ahead, managing chronic inflammation. Is there a connection? Find out next. And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. KirkElliottPhD.com forward slash Sherwood. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. The body's amazing at recovery, so you want to give it every chance, no matter what time it is. So in that context, no, it's certainly never too uh, late. You're never too old to start trying to be healthy. No matter where you are in terms of your health, that you can turn this around. It's never too late to start a wellness program, and it's never too late to reach your healthcare goals. Uh, there's an old adage, um, and I'm not sure where it came from, but I really do like it. And, they say um, the, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. We just want people to hang on to hope. We are hope dealers. And if you are not paying attention to the four foundational pillars of health, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, eventually it is gonna catch up. If we get all those four areas right, and we do it right, we see a dynamic occur in the middle called wellness, and that's where people uh, get better. Their health, is really going to return as a side effect of wellness. What causes inflammation in psoriasis? That's an interesting question because we were watching TV the other night and um, it was interesting because we saw this commercial 
of people going through life. One was in the gym and one was out working out outside and they were talking about psoriasis. They were talking about taking an immune suppressant for that, like a medication, right? And I got to thinking to myself, well, is that the real solution to the problem? If psoriasis is tied to autoimmunity, what would be causing the autoimmunity? We just don't want to shut off the response, do we? No, we don't. And we have to think about, well, really, what is psoriasis? Psoriasis is a dysregulation in the immune cells, which causes the buildup of skin cells on the surface of the skin, which causes these plaques or mm. patches in certain areas that can become very painful. So in order to get ahead of that issue with psoriasis, we have to go to the root and help balance the immune system regulate it instead of turn it off we want to help balance it so that psoriasis can improve well you, you said something really interesting you know dysregulation of the immune system so if we have a dysregulation we have to think about how do we bring back regulation right how to take something that's abnormal or non-functional or maybe dysfunctional and make it again functional so a lot of times the treatment for those things are going to be like an immune suppressant. You know, we've all heard them out there. Again, that just turns off the noise or the alarm bells of the immune system. So maybe you would get a less flare of the psoriasis or maybe, maybe not get a flare. But did that stop the upstream cause of that process? No, it's like a Band-Aid while the dysregulation is still there. It just takes down a response. So dysregulation is to fix that. We have to go back upstream as you, you talked about and talk about some things that might be contributing to that. And boy, number one is what we put in this thing right here, our mouth. Yeah. And we call that border control. <laughs> you have to control what comes across the border into the system. If we're eating the standard American diet every day, that is inflammatory. And if psoriasis is an inflammatory condition, we can control a lot of systemic inflammation by what we put at the end of your fork. We call that fork yeah. curls. If it's fresh and raw, fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, and good clean proteins, those things have vitamins and minerals and nutrients in it that actually help regulate the immune system instead hmm. of dysregulate it like the standard American diet does. I was thinking about, you said something, border control. I think we are complaining these days about open borders. Well, the greatest open border we have that's causing the greatest catastrophe right now in America is not uh, in the border of Texas and Mexico. No, it's the border of our mouth, right? That's the, We get it open and it allows all kinds of nonsense to come in. Inflammation, we should look at as like not just a bad thing. It's, it's really a good thing. But when it becomes exceedingly elevated for a long period of time, chronic, if you will, it becomes a negative experience because inflammation is no more, no less than the body's signal that there's an emergency going on. But if you keep bringing in the emergencies in here emergency, emergency, inflammation after inflammation cause her, then you're going to have this process of chronic systemic elevated inflammation all the time. And, you know, even psoriasis, we tend to think, okay, if we got the, the patches on the skin that are painful, itchy, swelling Plaques, red, patches, people scales, can see them. It's just the rashes. Mm -hmm. That is not the end of the story. One autoimmune condition is all autoimmunity. One thing that we classify as Immune dysregulation is all immune dysregulation. So we typically get hyper-focused on one thing, like in the skin department, when we should be talking about other departments as well in the body or compartments. And it's fascinating to me how we get so hyper-focused and think that's my problem when the problem is really bigger than that, isn't it? 
Well, it is. So we have to treat the system as a whole. Mm -hmm. And if inflammation is at the root of the problem and inflammation is the cause of all chronic sickness and disease, we've got to improve this thing called inflammation. Now, if I have a cut, a cough, a cold, a flu, a break, a bone, I want my inflammatory system to come to the rescue quick, fast, strong. But if I've got this autoimmune condition, I want my immune system to be a little smarter and be able to regulate it a little faster. So those are things like, of course, changing border security, what's coming into the oral cavity, into the system with fork curls, that good nutrition. We also, we've talked about this before, and that's going to be weight control. For every pound a person is overweight, that is inflammatory. So in in the fat cells, that is where toxicity is stored. That's where, you know, abnormal chemicals are produced. What's the where the immune system can go awry? Excessive fat tissue can actually be like its own endocrine organ and dysregulate these autoimmune conditions. So the question becomes, and and people should understand this, is we are not anti-medication. We are proper usage of medication. So we might want to use medication to turn down the fire that's a raging uh, forest fire in Inferno, but we've got to get behind the thing and figure it out. Now, sometimes we would use a medication in that case, but sometimes, many times, if you go right to the control of your border and put in good food, the problem goes away, doesn't it? It gets much, much better with good nutrition optimization of body composition. Of course, we've got to do things like staying active, get blood oxygen and nutrients to the tissues. We've got to get enough sleep because sleep is a stressor. And if sleep is not uh, accounted for and we get stressed out and under-rested, that's a degree of inflammation Mm -hmm. that can upregulate that immune system, just like taking in other toxins like alcohol or smoking or drugs. So good lifestyle practices that focus on sleep, exercise, um, de-stressing, and eating well can, in the long term, prevent, even help reverse autoimmune conditions. Now, we've seen the measurables, like the antibodies that we measure in typical blood tests, go down with doing those things. People say that it can't be reversed, but we've seen that before with our own eyes proven. Now, we're not saying it can be reversed every time. Some There's circumstances we don't know about. But for the most part, people need to think about how to avoid those things altogether. Well, and I just think about this body as a healing machine. Yep. It's a healing temple. It is designed to heal itself. So if we do right by the system with good nutrition, mm-hmm. right physical exercise, right supplementation, yes, we might have to use a medication. If we're optimizing our stress levels, getting the right sleep, and even using the right hormone balance, that's a win when it comes to autoimmune conditions. So here's the moral of the story. Honor the temple and it will honor you. Keep the temple regulated and it will not become dysregulated. We hope you've learned something from this segment. Up next, our financial guru, Kirk Elliott, gives us advice on what you need to know at this time in history. How can boosting your daily nutrition save you money? I'm Dr. Michelle Sherwood. And I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood. Kingdom Fuel costs about a third of the average lunch and will supersize your nutrition. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber with 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fats, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is a simple start to a transformed life. 
Hello, I'm Kevin Sorbo. Now there's an old saying, it's not what you know, but who you know that matters. Now that's true in our careers, spiritual life, and when it comes to our health and overall well-being. Today, most of us know a lot of information about health and nutrition, but are we really doing anything with it? So here's what I've learned from working with doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. They're the founders of the Functional Medical Institute. You need a wellness plan that's customized based on your unique needs. Now remember, real change can only happen when you address the whole person. That is exactly what Mark and Michelle do and why they are people you should know. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. Find out at Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo. That's Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo or just see the link below. Have a great day and God bless. I could use your assistance. Okay. Um, Jesus. Huh? I, my name is Jesus. <laughs> sure. Jesus. Jesus is here today. You, uh, you looking for a job? Yes, sir. You and Mark have 45 days before the bank forecloses. Not to worry. They do not call me by God Byron for nothing. The collection plate starts to be passed around. Mark reaches into the basket and shouts, you and your family are the winner from the first church of the Lotto. Kind of think of it like a high stakes bingo night ever Sunday. This video of the diaper is going viral right before our eyes. This is a miracle. What, what is? Friends of Faith has over 300,000 followers. Oh my dad! That's more followers than Moses had! Jesus! Take the wheel! Say no, stop! Take it. the wheel! I got it! I got it, buddy! Hey, Mark, great to be with you again. Um, I wish it could be with better news, right? But but yet I do have a smile on my face because there's solutions. So make sure you watch this whole video because we do have solutions for this. But but what I want to talk about is the unrelenting spending happening in America right now. We've got we've got Congress that's acting like a bunch of drunken sailors, spending money like there's no tomorrow, right? The end of 2022, you had the lame duck Congress that passed a $1.7 trillion spending bill. Right, 1.7 trillion. Now, I wouldn't have such an issue with it if we actually had 1.7 trillion dollars laying around. You know, then you'd just be allocating what you already have, and you know, just saying where it's going to go. But they don't have it. No, but no country around the globe has money right now, right? Because two years of of COVID, two years plus of COVID, people weren't spending. There's supply chain disruptions. There's there's issues. There's higher taxation. Now, so what did that force countries to do? Print money like there's no tomorrow to try to inflate or die. Because if they didn't, there wasn't enough government tax revenue from sales tax revenues, property tax revenues, income tax revenues to actually fund the government because the, it's a global economic slowdown. And in fact, projections just the, the second week in January came out that, that because of all the fracturing of of countries in this globalized world, right? Because of, 
of import and export controls, what Russia's doing now and, and telling America and the G7 nations, which are the US, the Western industrialized economies of, of Europe, Japan, right? It's like, hey, you guys signed the stupid accord that capped Russian oil at $60 a barrel when oil was 79. And, and back when he did that on, on December 3rd, when Biden signed that into law, it's like, if I were Putin, I wouldn't sell to those countries, right? Why would I sell them oil at a $19 barrel loss? And sure enough, December 28th, he said exactly that. He said, I'm not selling you any oil come February 1st. So what's that going to do to the price of oil? Make it go possibly double because Russia is the largest supplier of oil and gas in the whole world, right? And we're talking about the G7 industrialized nations. They're not chump change either, right? So Oil is going to go through the roof. If we think we've seen even the middle to the end of inflation yet, you're kidding yourselves. We haven't. So inflation is going to come. Oil prices are going to go through the roof. And I don't care if you're the, the biggest green proponent on the planet and you have your solar power, your wind power, and your electric Tesla, right? They all use petroleum. There's there's oil in, in, the, in the gears, right, of any machine and any windmill. There's oil in the bearings and grease of your tires and your electric car. Oil is petroleum products are used in the plastic on your dashboard in your electric car, right? So there's no getting around it. Inflation is going to be coming. And we've got a Congress that's spending money like there's no tomorrow. And like we talked about on a previous show, the potential run on the banks and the FDIC being underinsured, what would be the end result of that? the mother of all quantitative easing, probably five to $7 trillion on top of the $1.7 trillion that they just spent on top of them having to raise the debt ceiling yet again, right? So there's, we're talking about all these different spending projects that are all in the trillions. We don't have the money. So inflation is gonna persist because government revenues aren't there. So therefore they're gonna have to print without discretion like there's no tomorrow, right? So. So how do you protect yourselves? Like we've talked and I and I I I admit I sound like a broken record, like a one-hit wonder, right? Because but if there was something else that we could do to protect and preserve, I would say it. We would do it. I don't care what the asset is as long as it's minimizes our risk, maximizes our return. So your IRAs, they need to be reallocated into gold and silver. Your your brokerage accounts need to be reallocated into gold and silver. Your bank account shouldn't have too much cash because the banks are at risk, right? So, so give our office a call, take advantage of these trends so the trends don't take advantage of you, get out of harm's way into gold and silver, which are growing like crazy, Mark, crazy. I mean, we're up 98% in silver over the last two and a half years, but the more immediate trend over the last 12 weeks, we're seeing up 40%. That's incredible. In a world where there's so much fear, there's so much uncertainty, there's so much doubt, this can put a smile on your face. So give us a call. We'd love to help you out. Mark has arranged for, for that to happen. We'll take good care of you. Free consultations, right? 720-605-3900. Just say Dr. Mark sent you. Or simply you can go to kirkelliotphd.com forward slash Sherwood and get on our calendars for that free consultation. We'll help you out. Exploring biohacking, bioharmonizing, biosynergizing, stacking, resilience, or anti-fragility? Start here. No gimmicks, just proven results. 